0: Hello, you're listening to the author interview from The Colonel. In each issue, we talk to the author of one of our features or reports and go behind the story. I'm Stephen Pritchard, Managing Editor of The Colonel, and joining me now is Greg Stevens. Greg wrote the essay Fighting Futurism, Why Progress is a Myth. Greg, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Greg, your piece takes issue with our obsession with progress. What prompted you to write it?
1: I think there are really uh, two things that drove me to this topic. One of them, one of them, I'll admit, began with what ultimately is little more than a professional pet peeve of mine, and that's abuse of the word exponential. Uh, I I am a numbers guy. I spend a great deal of time looking at numbers in the world and trying to fit them to mathematical functions and mathematical models, and so I am very sensitive to what I feel are abuses, or at least misuses, of statistical analysis. And, uh, well, anyone who looks at the media knows that probably the word exponential has been a a victim of abuse, especially by the media. News announcers talk about something increasing exponentially when when often all they really mean is it's increased a lot. Uh, So that's annoying for me Um, as a mathematician, although it isn't something to get too bent out of shape about. The problem really arises when it gets abused in a real scientific context. And so more and more often I see people in the tech world alluding to exponential progress. Uh, Futurists, and by that I mean people who actually describe themselves as futurists, uh, have measured all kinds of things and found them to roughly fit an exponential curve. And this is the main empirical backing for their claim of accelerating progress. They say that it's supported by the data because they've been able to fit everything from bandwidth capacity to miniaturization and other things to um, an exponential curve. Now the core problem with that claim is is a mathematical one. There are a huge number of functions that all look very similar to the exponential function when you're looking over a short range. So even though they behave very differently in the long term, the fact is when you're looking at noisy data and technology data, any kind of social data is always very noisy. Anything that can be fit to an exponential curve can usually be fit to a whole host of other curves as well. And um, and still, media people like to say that it's exponential because it sounds sexy. And mathematicians like to say that it's exponential because exponential curves are easy to analyze. But in the end, saying that something can be fit to an exponential curve doesn't really say much about the data. And so so that was one of the main things initially that uh, that got under my skin, as it were, about all of these claims is when you start saying that everything fits an exponential curve and that this is somehow evidence for an underlying process that's exponential, um, that immediately raises a red flag for me.
0: So what you're saying is the progress is not actually as great as people are making out.
1: Well, what I'm saying is that it is, uh, it is difficult to measure and that claiming that there is empirical data uh, supporting this constantly accelerating smooth exponential curve uh, is, is simply not warranted mathematically. You
0: describe our obsession with progress as a fetish, and that's a, a term that has all sorts of negative connotations. What do you mean by it in the context of this piece that you wrote?
1: Well, I know that it has, it has accumulated some baggage, uh, especially in popular culture. The term fetish originally, uh, interestingly, only refers, it's an anthropological term, and it only refers to something that has inherent or intrinsic power over people. So uh, something with magical properties in an anthropological sense would be a fetish. Uh, Anthropologists studying the religions of uh, ancient African cultures would describe totems or some of their religious icons as fetishes. And so it's in that sense that I'm saying that we treat this like a fetish, because it is something that, we, that int- intrinsically draws us. This is something that you see quite apart from supposed uh, empirical evidence or supposed research and measurement that goes on. People get so excited, they get so heated. This is something that people can't speak about in an emotionless way, it seems, and that's why I describe it as a fetish. Do you
0: think this has become worse? Do you think we've become more obsessed with the idea of the future over the last 20 years? And your piece goes back some time in history, so it'd be interesting to see how you would compare the view of the progress of, say, the, the Victorians, who, in their own way, were equally obsessed with this idea of the future, as people are today who want the latest smartphone technology.
1: That's right, and I would be hesitant to say that uh, that we necessarily are increasingly obsessed with it. I think that uh, I think that history is, you know, looking at history is always looking at the world with a fish eye centered on the present. Everything gets distorted the further and further away you get. So, I I would be hard-pressed to claim that uh, we necessarily are more obsessed now, but I think the language has evolved, and I think that certainly it is something that has been latched onto in the popular media. It is a feel-good term that, especially in technical media, especially in the technical industry, it's a way of feeling great about yourself because how much more important can you feel than knowing you live in a time that is progressing faster than ever before?
0: And you pulled out some quite extreme examples of this behavior. In the article, you cite a statistic that was carried out as a result of a survey, came out of a survey by Tesco, the retailer in the UK, and it said consumers rated the iPhone ahead of the internal combustion engine and even the lavatory as one of the world's greatest inventions. I mean, surely that's just crazy.
1: Well, I think it it does reflect something deep and inherent about the problem with measuring the impact of technology on culture. Because when you're talking about uh, commodities, when you're talking about end products, then surely, to an extent, there's a validity to saying that something has had more of an impact when more people know about it and when there is an immediacy with which it comes to mind. But on the other hand, when you're looking at the broad swath of culture, um to to say that to say that the iphone that's always on everybody's mind actually caused more dynamic change than <laughs> the combustion en- engine is is obviously ridiculous that's one of the reasons why i think it's important to even uh break down the our, our discussion and our research of progress into separate categories. We shouldn't be talking about progress at all. We should be talking about, perhaps, on the one hand, uh, the social influence of products, and user products, and on the other hand, fundamental scientific discoveries or technological shifts. We shouldn't be lumping these two things together.
0: So it's being a bit more granular about how we analyse the behaviours and what we're looking at in terms of development. But also, you have to balance this, don't you, in terms of the way individuals behave? Because, yes, we might seem as a society at the moment, we might seem obsessed with new technology. But individually... Some of the greatest innovations in history have been brought to us by people who are absolutely obsessive. Some of the greatest inventors were nothing other than obsessives, going back right through time. Without a degree of that obsession, that attention to detail, maybe we wouldn't see development at all.
1: I think that's true, but also keep in mind that many of the people who have uh, given um, given birth to the greatest advances haven't always been obsessed with what, in the end, they get credit for, or they haven't always been obsessed with specifically uh, producing that commodity or that product that people end up benefiting from. When you're talking about pure research, when you're talking about, you know, the scientists in the laboratory, uh, they are, <laughs> and no one will deny, obsessive personalities, but I don't think that they necessarily are focused on, are obsessive about, or even necessarily anticipate the way in which which that will translate into consumer obsession
0: so how would you imagine we will see progress developing if you take progress as a concept as you do at the start of your piece how would you imagine we'll look back at the progress that's being made right now by the the technology industry in say 20 years time or 50 years time will we see it as progress
1: i'll put it this way if we take my advice in this article, which is to really uh, abandon this idea of a single underlying flow of a thing, that being progress, and we really focus on uh, the different components as not just different measures of some grand idea of progress, but as different actual processes in their own right, I think we will have a greater chance of coming to terms with the fact that some things are progressing, some some things are accelerating, other things are not. I think that there is an argument that could be made, for example, that innovation and uh, what I refer to as acceleration in my article are two very, very distinct things, very, very distinct social processes, two very, very distinct things in terms of where it comes from in society and the impact it has on society. And we probably have seen change over the last hundred years of One to the other. I think we've probably seen a shift from innovation to acceleration with more and more social energy and attention being put towards making the things that we have smaller and faster and bigger and better rather than coming up with an entirely new way of doing something. Now, in the future, will it shift back? Will we reach the limits of the benefit we can get from acceleration and then turn our attention back, therefore, to innovation? I'm not sure, but I think that will be part of the social process that happens.
0: Greg Stevens, thank you very much. For more content from The Colonel, do please be sure to visit our website, www.kernelmag.com Follow us on Twitter, at Colonel Mag, and sign up to the newsletter, The Nutshell. Thank you for listening.